the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, We will have, as usual, some great interviews coming up. We will talk for the first time uh, in the new year with Julie Kelly, the journalist who has written a book on January 6th. And as um, I was telling her uh, before in preparing for the interview, uh, I gave that book to a friend of mine who has no sense. uh, uh, He's a conservative. He pays attention a little bit, but none of the details. And he read it and he said, I understand What's happening now? It's got the January 6th book by Julie Kelly. It's got all the facts since uh, pays attention. We'll also talk with Scott McConnell, who's the the founder of the American Conservative magazine. An interesting man. He's an ex-neocon, self-described, and a really interesting fella. And we have uh, been playing some phone tag and email tag and texting and direct message tag on some issues. We'll talk with him. That'll be interesting. So, But first, what you need to know. You know, I talk about what you need to know, the Daily Wink, and people go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and sign up there. And every morning get an email. People say, you know, I get such nice responses. Let me say that. People say things like, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't seen that. I hadn't understood that. And um, that's the point. What you need to know, the Daily Wink uh, goes out as an email, 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up. But this segment is meant to be a um a, a kind of uh warm up for that sometimes i include a lot of other links and things but today's what you need to know is an extra- is a is a a conversation about an extraordinary phenomenon that you may not know is happening and what am i talking about well as you know there was uh elections last fall in Virginia, uh, also in New Jersey, but people didn't notice that one because uh, I guess a couple of upsets happened. But in Virginia, uh, which is supposed to be a blue state, it has two Democrat U.S. senators, lots of Democrat congressmen. Um, they elected in Virginia, which is now my home state, the Commonwealth of Virginia, I, they elected a slate of Republicans. Uh, you've heard of Glenn Youngkin. He's doing a lot of things. You've heard of his number two, the lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears. You may not have heard as much about the attorney general. His name is Jason Mieres. And now Jason Mieres, I checked him out. He went to James Madison University, which is a great school I've had as a guest on the program, uh, Dr. Ken uh, Rutherford, who's a professor down there. And then he went on to... Um, Mieras did, the attorney general, to uh, William and Mary. And so he's a Virginia guy. He's a Virginia guy. He served in the Virginia uh, House of Delegates. Um, he's down from Virginia Beach area down south. But he won this election. Now, here's what I want to talk about. What you need to know right now is that conservatives and Republicans too often have a problem where they think that the goal is to win the election instead of actually doing the job. And there's a famous uh, essay written by uh, Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, which I, of course, uh, I worked with her and I revere her. She wrote it back in the 80s, and the title was To the Victor Go the Spoils. 
And she categorizes, it's right after uh, uh, Reagan won, she describes the categories of federal jobs. At the time, I think there were a 1,000 or so. Now there's about 4,000 jobs that immediately you can appoint as president. But her argument in that, the, to the victor go the spoils, is when you win an election, you have the opportunity to do things. And too often conservatives get afraid of that, which afraid of doing something because they, they don't like the attention, they don't like the negativity, they worry about it. Well, the attorney general of Virginia, Jason Mieres, got into office, and I'll go through a couple of them, but the news that broke earlier on, I think Tuesday, was that one of the jobs that the Virginia attorney general, it's now Jason Mieres, has – is to appoint the lawyers for the universities that are publicly owned and run. So the University of Virginia is one. Uh, I think George Mason is another. William and Mary is another. James Madison. But Virginia has this extraordinary history and this rich uh, sort of um, uh, public university setup. And like a lot of places, a lot of places, they've gotten liberal and all those things. But the attorney general is in charge of the lawyers because it's it's an extension of his job. Earlier on Tuesday, the Attorney General, Jason Mieres, fired, or replaced is a better way to say it, I think the lawyers at the University of Virginia and George Mason University. And of course, the media went crazy, and, and they were uh, talking to the spokesperson for Mieres, whose uh, the name is Victoria Lasavita, and she was saying, look, this is the job that he's got, he's, uh, the Attorney General has the right to do this, he's doing it, he's getting good people, here's why. And the media went crazy. Well, Mieres has, has, has done this over and over again. There was a big – when you win as attorney general, he fired a bunch of the people in, I think, the civil rights division. You get to hire your people. You shouldn't be afraid of this. Most Republicans get afraid of it. You know who's not afraid of it? The liberal Democrats. They get in and fire everybody. They don't even, and this is one of the mistakes, by the way, that the Trump administration, when they came in, they didn't understand this. Most Republicans don't because they want to actually give people a chance. They want to respect other people. They think, well, you know, how bad can people be? They, maybe they'll be willing to do what we're doing. That, it never works at this moment in history especially, but really ever. And you got to get your own people in. So one of the things that Mieres also does is when you're the attorney general, you're the lawyer for the interests of the people. You are the name on, on the pleadings representing the people. So there have been three or four cases right out of the bat where Meneres has said, wait a second, why is Virginia on the side of the, you know, uh, something that I think is against the people? It's a, it's a judgment call. And a lot of times this happens, I've told you before, lawfare that tries to destroy people's lives, you can see that. January 6th, the people that are in jail, other examples where people are, are the lawfare is used, Michael Flynn, General Flynn, where they target people. But another aspect of lawfare is where friendly attorneys, either attorney general or a prosecutor at a local level or even a federal level, depending on now that Biden's got his people in, gets into a lawsuit with a liberal interest group and settles. And a lot of times they settle for lots of money. So they say, oh, well, the ACLU sued so-and-so, and well, the, uh, the lawyers on the opposite side, the attorney general of uh, uh, pick a state, New York State, is going to settle and give lots of what? Money. Transfer lots of wealth. Transfer lots of power. Well, th this is the game. Another, another way that they do lawfare is to use lawsuits. In this case, in Virginia, there's a lawsuit that has to do with energy and regulation by the EPA. And in this case, the states... Had uh, uh, the states are being overregulated, or at least the argument is, you know, you look closely at the briefs. The, the, I think the brief is actually state of West Virginia at all versus the EPA. Uh, but there's uh, but the, Virginia's in it. And so when you look at it, you say, what are they? What's going on here? 
And it looks like the states are siding with the EPA to allow overregulation. Again, if you're a liberal and you get to be the attorney general of a state, you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do stuff with the federal government that gives them more power because that's your vision, more power. Well, Meyers immediately changed sides on this. He said, that's not in the interest of Virginians. I'm not going to do that. And he changed, his, he changed his side. It's extraordinary. And the most important thing about this, by the way, is that he's fearless. He, he doesn't seem to be uh, impacted like most Republicans are by the idea that he's doing something and people are, are, are criticizing him. It's really pretty extraordinary. You know, one of the things about this that I wonder is um, it's uh, – he, it, it is, in fact, I got an email from one of our eagles, and he said uh, the, the attorney general of Virginia has come in prepared. It's impressive. He really seems to understand things. But, you know, one of the things that um, happens here, and it could be the difference in Virginia, most of the time an attorney general is going to run for reelection. Virginia only allows – oh, no, I take it back. Excuse me. Attorney, it's only the governor that can only run one term. So the attorney general can. It makes it even more impressive. Because Jason Meyer is the attorney general of Virginia, is just doing the things he thinks he has to do, the right things, whether it's popular or not, whether the, 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 the faculty at George Mason or the faculty at the UVA is objecting to him utilizing his power under the law, his judgment, not his power, his judgment. But let me finish and take it full circle. The left will use their power indiscriminately or they'll use their power <laughs> directly to damage their enemies. And they won't abide by the rule of law. They won't abide by the norms. They just don't bother. In fact, they'll use, often use the law and, the, uh, and the, the power of the law. Another aspect of that earlier thing I said was when you get a, a liberal attorney general and a liberal interest group in court, as long as they get a liberal judge, he'll sign off on it. And what conservatives need to know and what Jason Mieres is teaching is when you win an office... To the victor go the spoils, the actual, the accurate ones. We, conservatives aren't ones that are going to willy-nilly either break the law or change the rules. That's not who we are. But you do have to not break the law and change the rules, but utilize the rules. Hiring your own staff, doing your own things, being fearless for the right side of truth. It's incredible. It's great to watch. Rising star, this guy. He's only, um, I think I looked it up. He's about uh, 45, 40, 45 years old. Uh, the Attorney General of Virginia, one to watch. So uh, pretty cool to see. And again, what you need to know is you have to utilize the power that you have. Do the right things. Explain them well. He's doing that. But be fearless. Fearless. He seems to have the great, uh, there's no spirit of fear in that guy. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. We'll talk to Julie Kelly. Back in a moment, Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I have uh, told uh, you listeners that one of the great fruits of uh, Twitter, and there's reasons to be mad at social media all the time. There's plenty of things that they do terribly. I'm all for it. But you get voices that you know from other places who are communicating. And, you know, we've had uh, Mickey Kaus is somebody who I don't think he used to write the Kaus files. I don't know if he still writes it, but I read his stuff on Twitter. That's where he is. And I was excited and interested to see Scott McConnell, who is the co-founder of the American Conservative magazine. And he is uh, the author of a book called Ex Neocon. If you haven't read that, you need to about about, uh, his path and he is on Twitter and it's a great Twitter feed. It's interesting. And I reached out to him and he's on the, on the program with us. So welcome Scott. How are you, sir? 
Uh, very well, thanks, Ed. Uh, nice to be here. So we were talking off the air before we got on about how uh, these are interesting times. Um, but let me ask you a different perspective. As someone who wrote the book Ex Neocon, um, when you watch the way the media and the establishment operate, is there anything new under the sun? I mean, it may be weapons of mass destruction. It may be uh, the Cold War language back in the day. But, you know, we're 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 living through something now where uh, I don't know if we're being gaslighted is the phrase. That's another put, uh, word that people use. But we're certainly being spun. Uh, is there is, is it the same, just different tools uh, as you watch this? Uh, I, you're you're I think I think referring specifically to the Ukraine run yes. up the conflict. Yes. And uh, it's eerily reminiscent of a lot of things. I mean, in the in the run up to the Iraq war, there was a lot of popular anger to do something to strike back at the people who attacked us, which, uh, you know, but Ukraine and Russia is quite distant from that. And I, you know, think that it it could be worse. I mean, there's a way in which the Europeans sleptwalked themselves into a war in 1914 that nobody thought could actually happen. And it was a nearly civilization destroying war. Yeah. So I don't, um, I, I, there's, there is a, um, a kind of aggressive consensus in Washington that seems to me completely unhinged from the realities of what at stake, the legitimate interests of other powers, the uh, Americans' capacity to, to do things in the world or to manage the world. And I, I fear that it could lead to really, really bad consequences. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Scott McConnell, and uh, he is the co-founder of the American Conservative Magazine. If you uh, are on Twitter, he's at, at Scott McConnell number nine. I'll put it up on my social media. Uh, the American Conservative is at AM, A-M, Con, C-O-N, Mag. And uh, their website, which is good to check out, is um, theamericanconservative.com. Um, Scott, I, I feel that way. I mean, I feel that we're dealing with... Um, dealing with, uh, you know, the, say, the usual suspects and the usual playbook. However, um, I think you'll agree you're a media guy and the American conservative has been out there communicating into the, uh, into the public square for a long time. Um, we've never seen had the sophistication of what I call the narrative machine, big tech, big media, and big government. They work together to decide on the narrative and they're not using um, ling- uh, 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 lingo or, um, um, you know, jingles from the 1950s. Uh, this will work. They're using algorithms and neuroscience and trying to change the, uh, the world. Uh, it, it's, it feels a lot more daunting. Does, does, are you, I mean, it is more daunting. Are you comfortable, confident that there's enough sort of chaos in the, in this free speech space that we can fight through. It feels like most Americans don't want war. They understand what's happening, but they may not have a choice by the time we're faced with what a, a Ukrainian building that collapses on uh, orphanage on kids uh, because of something they say uh, Putin's people did. And the next thing you know, here we are. I mean, uh, the media, the narrative machine is uh, it's dominant. It's it's a really hard call. I mean, first, because there are major media institutions that are pushing back uh, hard against uh, against a war or against, uh, you know, ignoring the idea that Russia has any national interest that anybody needs to respect. Uh, I mean, uh, 
Fox News and Tucker Carlson are on this like every other day. And that's like a big, big thing. Right. There are a whole lot of writers, you know, Ross Douthat in the New York Times. There are a number of liberals, Peter Beinhart, who are pushing back and pushing back intelligently. Uh, there's a fair number of the much of the foreign policy establishment, the older foreign policy establishment that always thought bringing Ukraine in is into NATO was unduly provocative and, you know, really recklessly so. But, you know, I, you know, you got to admit there are the editorial boards of Washington Post, New York Times, uh, you know, the you know, CNN, MSNBC, who are just pushing this. And I don't know if they're pushing it with enthusiasm or just like wanting to push up Biden or wanting Biden to have some success or, you know, it's 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 a bit of a muddle to really tell what's going on. And it's a bit it's surprising to me that um, the establishment and there is an establishment is so um, single minded about this. Um, uh, and uh, because it's I think they're likely to lead us into a very, you know, into a bad situation, no matter what the outcome. I mean, from their point of view, the best thing is we would humiliate Russia. Russia would back away from Ukraine uh, with nothing to show for it. And then Russia says, well, what the heck? Well, you know, we don't really like China very much, but we'll have to, you know, basically become a Chinese satellite because the West is so aggressive. Right. And that's not a good outcome for us either. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, we're talking with uh, uh, Scott McConnell, uh, the co-founder of the American Conservative Magazine, um, and on Twitter, at Scott McConnell, uh, number nine. Uh, I'll put it up again on social media. Um, on that point, when you and your magazine, uh, one, of the, one of the real values of it to me is um, the um, – the breadth of conservatism, you know, if you go there right now in the headline, you'll see, you'll see not just Rod Dreher's column, for example, but you're talking about pro-life, you're talking about the woke culture. Um, it's, it's broadly what I would call conservative and, and, and seriously. So um, the, the Russia question after they got rid of communism, I, I always tell the story. I was walking down the street with a friend of mine who's from uh, Russia. And I said to him, what's it like in Moscow? What's it like in Russia? This years ago. And he said, well, we got a problem with um, corruption at the top of our government. You know, some of the people are corrupt. And he paused and he said, kind of like here in America. <laughs> and, and he went on, you know, and my point is on, on a lot of values, the Russian people are conservative, right? I mean, it, yes. it, the Chinese communists, maybe the Chinese people are too, but the Chinese communists aren't going to allow that. Right now, the Russian people, that I don't know about Putin. I mean, he says he goes to church and all, but the people there are church-going Christians. They are um, more conservative on values. I, it, I mean, that's very rarely do you hear that breakthrough in the media. Yeah, I, I think Putin uh, made a speech recently where he kind of make fun of a lot of the wokeness that yeah. was going on in the West. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, Putin is not high on my enemies list a, a, at all. Uh, and I think he represents, you know, zero threat to the United States and Russia is, I mean, it's certainly not a threat. It's a, it's a big country. It has to, you know, so it's kind of bad economy and a declining population. So in the, level of things that America has to worry about. It it has to worry much about like antagonizing Russia or putting it pushing it into a corner, but it doesn't have to worry about it. A Russian threat to Europe is like mm -hmm. completely overblown. 
Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about uh, the, what happened in Virginia. There is a piece, I think, on uh, I'm looking American conservative. I saw it the other night when I was looking or maybe it was early this morning um, on Yunkin, uh, the uh, governor Yunkin and his uh, start there. Um, wh- how do you feel about the politics of this moment in terms of conservatism and populism? Um, I know you were your critique of Trump after his uh, uh, the 2020 election was he should have just got got moved past it and said, you know, I did a lot. He'd be more popular now. It would be more forward looking. Um, But there's certainly a sort of Trumpian edge to the Republican Party. And but more importantly, after the covid, it feels like the populism or maybe the we the people want in control, whether your parents or small businesses or New York City residents who don't want to be shot there. It feels like where do you think the politics of this are, Scott? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Trump was generally a net plus for the Republican Party, though I think he should fade away. And I think that a lot of guys or women who were normal Republicans who have, have become a little bit populist and a little bit Trumpified, like Yunkin and like Ron DeSantis, uh, it's a good time for the Republican Party. And boy, it better be because uh, the Democrats becoming you know woke and beholden to the the hard left in a way that. I don't think Obama was, and certainly, you know, Clinton was not, is is a pretty scary thing. But uh, I think it's a good moment for the Republican Party. And uh, some sort of fusion of traditional pro-business republicanism with populism is, uh, which Youngkin seems to have done, is uh, it's, it's a good and necessary thing. Seems a way forward. All right. Well, uh, at least one way forward. The AmericanConservative.com is the website. Scott McConnell has been our guest, co-founder of the American Conservative. His Twitter feed at Scott McConnell nine and also at uh, AmConMag. I'll put all this up on social media. Hey, thanks for the time, Scott. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on Twitter and uh, all you're doing to communicate. It's uh, helpful and it's a good time for your voice. So thanks. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. One of the things I missed about being on the radio for about three and a half weeks was catching up with old friends, uh, new well, friends that aren't old. Anyway, Julie will get on me on that. But Julie Kelly, of course, at Julie underscore Kelly two on Twitter, a very important Twitter feed and her book, which I did receive. In fact, um, I got it before the uh, my hospital stay. So I had it with me uh, for part of that stay. January 6th, how Democrats used the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. I gave it to my brother-in-law, Julie, who's pretty clued in, but he's just a busy guy, a business kind of guy. And he read it and said, that's the first time I understood all what was going on, you know, what was happening. And, and it was, it's a very wow. useful set of what's gone on, the facts, the players, um, not just what you're getting spun on. So welcome, Julie Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me on. Happy New Year. And, oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year <laughs> to you. And you're still writing. American Greatness is where Julie writes a lot of her columns, which is not writing books. The one that's out just uh, in the last 36 hours, 24 hours, is um, did the Justice Department lie about Pence and Harris's location on January 6th? We'll get to that in a moment, Julie. But the broader thing I want to ask you, because I've been watching and reading and, and involved, as you know, in lots of ways, um, it seems extraordinary to me, I mean, off the charts, not that the media lied, not that the politicians lied. That's that's we sort of have come to expect that. But that the actual the 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 law enforcement and the legal apparatus has just 
mis at least misled us, if not directly lied. I mean, it's it's not it's like the FISA warrant stuff on steroids, right? It really is. And, you know, but here's the point, Ed. You bring up the FISA warrant, the lies uh, by the FBI and DOJ to a secret court using uh, a dossier that was really political propaganda paid for by the Democrats. You had a top DOJ lawyer alter an email, uh, basically, you know, tampering with evidence. No one has been punished for this, right? Even the lawyer who was caught uh, doctoring the email, tampering with evidence, got a slap on the wrist. And hmm. so when when these people are not punished, then it gives them green light to do worse things, which is what we are seeing with January 6th. The FBI, the DOJ, they have all repeatedly either lied, misled, and covered up aspects of January 6th. Uh, as I say, January 6th is a tissue of lies, falsehoods, myths, cover-up. You start with what happened to Officer Sicknick, um, the cover-up about Ash, who shot Ashley Babbitt. I mean, we, I go through all of this in my book. Um, but it's really astonishing to see how the administrative state, especially the Justice Department, keeps getting away with deceiving the American people and deceiving the courts. Uh, we're talking with Julie Kelly, her book again, January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Um, and it's uh, Post Hill Press, uh, their imprint, um, Bombardier uh, Books. It's really good. It's really important. Uh, you should read it. Um, Julie, I, a different, a little bit of a different question. It's a little more personal. I, I, my wife got a cell phone call the other day where somebody she never met, obviously, said terrible things about me and then, you know, threatened her. And I thought of oh, you. Geez. I thought, of, well, I thought of you in the sense that. I watch you on Twitter at Julie underscore Kelly too, and you're pretty darn good at engaging the trolls, the people that say dumb things or lie and you correct them and you kind of go back and forth. But um, you are one of the most prominent people on this question, which the January 6th hoax has a lot. They got a lot at stake. I mean, the Liz Cheney's of the world, uh, the the Pelosi's, um, they, they've staked a lot on this. Do you I mean, how do you how, do you get harassed? Do you get um, uh, negativity beyond what we're seeing? I mean, it must, I mean, it must be, you know, you're you're a lightning rod in a way. It worries me. I, I, thank you. I get that a lot. Um, and I, I, I don't really think about it because if you do, they want you afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. So they want you fearful. They want you to feel threatened in a way to silence and bully you. And so in terms of what I do on social media, if somebody comes after me and they are directly false, then I will put out there exactly why. You know, Tucker Carlson said this to me in an interview a few weeks ago. He said, the media ignores you because they know they can't engage you on the facts. And so I do think for the most part, that's why a lot of them ignore my coverage because they know that I'm right. I know all the details. I'm totally immersed in this every minute of every hour of every day. Um, And so, but in terms of harassment, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I get a lot less than somebody as high profile as you, who's actually, Uh, I don't know about that, but I mean, uh, well, in illegal crosshairs, I (laughs) mean, you are. So, yeah. Well, no, that's true. Uh, By the way, um, one time I'll tell you a quick story. Um, Sydney Powell, I don't know, a year and a half ago, spoke at one of our events and we went out to dinner afterwards. And I asked her a similar question, just kind of sitting at dinner. I said, Sydney, you know, everybody knows your name. Everybody sees you. Do you, do you worry? And she said, uh, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power. 
And That's I was like, right. what? I was like, what? And she said, and she said it again. I was like, she said, I just, I can't that if she said, if I spent my time worrying about that or thinking about it, I'd be frozen just to your point. Exactly. Um, now, uh, Julie, if you had to make a, a, a list and the, and you had to say the top of the list, and this is a silly thing, but uh, it sometimes is clarifying of what's the most egregious aspect of January 6th. You know, you've written a lot and have a lot of insight into the prisoners, how they've been treated, into the families of prisoners, um, Ray Epps, uh, law enforcement. What's that? What maybe you'd say it differently? What is it that people may not be seeing or understanding if they're not paying close attention? That is really the, the, the kind of most egregious part of this. Look, the most egregious thing, and there's no nothing even close, is the execution of Ashley Babbitt at near point blank range by a Capitol Police officer who already had been in trouble for mishandling his firearm, gave her no warning. She couldn't even see him, shot her at point blank range, killing her in the U.S. Capitol building. She's dragged out in an inhumane way by other Capitol Police officers. This guy's name is covered up by the media, by Democrats and Republicans who knew his identity, covered up his name for months. He refused to meet with three different agencies to sit down with an interview to uh, in their so-called investigations. Then he's exonerated. There's no criminal or civil charges uh, against him. He keeps his job and he's considered a hero by the Democrats. And the way that they have treated Ashley Babbitt's legacy, the horrific things that I see, not just journalists and Democrats say about her, suggesting she deserved what happened to her, but just people on Twitter not only think she had it coming to her, but they wish more people that day would have been shot and killed in that Capitol. That to me is still and always will be the most egregious aspect of January 6th. Uh, we're talking with Julie Kelly again and her um, uh, her uh, Twitter handle at Julie underscore Kelly uh, number two and follow her on Twitter. You just can search for and her book on January 6th is uh, Bombardier uh, Press. By the way, Lee Smith does the introduction, who's amazing. He's a, an amazing writer. Yeah. And uh, also, um, Julie, what do you foresee happening now? You've been, a, again, an observer and a writer and American Greatness is where her uh, her pieces are generally, although she also these books and other things. Um, what do you what, what is your. Uh, maybe best case scenario. Is it the thing falls apart as some of these trials go forward? Is it, I know I see you right. You don't have a lot of confidence that uh, Republicans could win the house and actually get to the bottom of it. I mean, that, that I think I agree with you, but what, what do you, what do you hope uh, to see happen? What's like our best case scenario on this whole thing? Well, for right now, and I say in my book, um, you know, the trials, they've delayed the trials as long as they can. They've delayed discovery evidence as long as they can. But look, at some point, uh, you have to go to trial, and that's what's happening. The first trials are set for next month. And you see in my piece today at amgreatness.com, it's already been revealed that the DOJ repeatedly lied at, repeat, you're a lawyer, yeah. lied in not just criminal complaints, but to a federal grand jury, mm-hmm. lied to judges that Kamala Harris was in the Capitol during the breach, and that that was a crime because she is a pro, she was protected by secret. Secret Service. Right. Not only have they come out and admitted, oh, she wasn't in the building, she was actually at the Democratic National Committee headquarters when a pipe bomb was alleged pipe bomb was found. We still don't have the identity of that person. Furthermore, it looks like DOJ prosecutors also have lied 
that Mike Pence remained in the building during the breach. That also would be a crime for people who entered because, again, he was under the protection of the Secret Service. They now are backtracking on that claim, refusing to hand over photographs that should be government evidence showing him somewhere else besides in the Capitol building and asking a judge to prevent defense counsel from cross-examining secret service agents to identify, confirm that he was in the building. So we have yet another lie, more cover-ups. My, uh, what I've said from the beginning, Ed, if January 6th was as bad as they say, why do they have to keep making up lies about what happened? Yeah. And we just keep exposing one lie after another. The, 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 the interesting problem, uh, we're talking again with Julie Kelly, and uh, we're wrapping up, uh, Julie, that is a, a, a good people that actually have truth on their side and are in it for the right thing and didn't do anything are put in a position where, you know, this is what lawfare is. You, you, you just, you have to take the deal and, and, and you know, it's e- easy for, you know, from the outside, you say, well, you know, uh, why is Brandon Straka taking a deal? And I, and I don't know the specifics, but his case is a little bit more um, uh, public and cause he's a known figure, but a lot of these people are just put in a position where they've, they're, they're bankrupting families. They're destroying families. They're driving people, these That's men right. in prison to near insanity. And, yeah. you know, you, and then they take a deal and you're, saying, oh, see, they pled guilty to X or Y. It's um, it's the worst of lawfare that we've ever seen. And yet, and I'll finish with this, the media, other than, say, Tucker and some of Fox, not all of it, don't really, they're not, not they don't really get it. They're actually the other way. They're lying about it every day. Well, in further, I mean, yes, a lot of outlets on our side are, are not covering this. But even more egregiously, Ed, we are not getting a vocal uh, opposition to this from our own Republican leaders, except for a handful like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gomer, Paul Gosar, Matt Gatz. They've spoken out in defense of the political prisoners. We are, they're entitled to due process regardless of the crime that they're charged with. But look, we've had no major Republican leaders step up and speak out against what this DOJ is doing and help defend these people who, to your point, their lives are being destroyed. 730 Americans, three, more than three times as many federal criminal charges, uh, defendants, uh, it related to January 6th, a four hour disturbance than the entire uh, 2020 summer of riots. Right. They've only arrested 220 some odd people. They just confirmed. Right. I mean, this is a political persecution. It's never before happened in America. And we just need more leaders to step up and denounce this and do what they ever they can when they get power after the end of this year, turn the tables, find out the truth of January 6th, um, and make sure the people who orchestrated all of this are held criminally responsible for what they did. It's funny, Juliet. I'll just, I've, I've got to finish. We both do. But um, there was, I have this um, wonderful author uh, named Joe Johnston on my show every now and then. I had him on, I think, yesterday. And he was talking about, he wrote a book called The Decline of Nations. And I said, What do we do? What do we do? And he said, We need more leaders. He said, We need more people that are fearlessly standing up. That's his answer. Because as you're saying, you know, you can do, you can, we can worry about the system. The system's going to be, you don't have people that are willing to take the heat and get uh, out there. And you're certainly one of those leaders. Uh, Amgreatness.com, you'll see Julie. Kelly's writings. Her book, January 6th, is by Bombardier Books, a division of Post Hill Press. Thank you, Julie, as always. Ed, thanks so much for all you do. Really appreciate it. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Uh, Julie Kelly, everybody, at Julie underscore Kelly, too, on Twitter. Follow her. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. 
Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. No one should be too surprised that new variations of the COVID-19 virus are emerging. This would hardly be a shock to any serious scientist. Yet Dr. Tony Fauci acted totally unprepared when the Omicron variant came on the global scene. He was the first to float the prospect of requiring vaccination for domestic air travel as a response to this African variant. Like a broken record, Fauci's only answer to any problem seems to be more vaccinations, even when the vaccines available may or may not be effective against the Omicron variant. Fauci's apparently angry at being mocked by the proposed Fauci Act, which would cut off funding for highly dangerous gain-of-function research in Chinese labs, like the one that may have produced COVID-19. Fauci does not seem to take criticism well, but he's not yet heard enough of it from top Republicans. Fauci and his international counterparts are much more concerned about promoting their globalist vision than promoting global health. In fact, the World Health Organization had been proceeding through the Greek alphabet to name each of the variants, but it deliberately skipped over Xi, spelled X-I. This seems to have been done to avoid offending the Chinese dictator Xi Jinping, whose first name is spelled X-I. Fauci and the globalists at the WHO claim to be apolitical. But how can they be apolitical when they make decisions obviously motivated only by a desire to avoid offending a ruthless communist dictator? Some would even argue that every variant of COVID should be called the Xi variant. One can no longer deny that the original coronavirus almost certainly emerged from the notorious Wuhan Institute of Virology, yet for more than a year, Fauci has either ducked that issue or not been asked about it among the lollipop questions he receives when he's interviewed. American taxpayer dollars may have even been used to do the research that could have led to COVID-19. America has no business funding a lab in China that's working on bioweapons. Every dollar flowing from our national coffers to foreign lands should be carefully tracked. Woke so-called scientists are not the answer. We need strong national leadership that will put America first in matters of all funding, both domestic and international. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And let us wrap things up. I just got a couple of minutes again uh, because we went long with those great interviews. I was, uh, you know, in this what you need to do, the window, uh, we talk about uh, wrapping it up, something to do. Uh, specifically, I was thinking of, you know, I, I, when sometimes I think of my uh, kids. My daughter's 17. My son's 15. Uh, the next one is, I think, uh, 12, almost 13, and then 9. And one of the things we constantly do constantly, I do, is find ways, any way, for them to read, as opposed to watching a video or playing a a video game, or I just am constantly on the lookout for reading anything they want to read. I I will let my kids read, I mean, within reason, I don't let them, but I mean, I... So one of my sons, he likes to read science-y stuff, fine. Science uh, science fiction, fine. Uh, One of the... um, 
The other son uh, likes the um, uh, likes history books, more historical stuff. Whatever it takes, read, read, read. Now, having said that, getting the energy for kids to read, and then once you realize that they like to read, what the areas are, finding ways to have them read right, and this is, applies to myself too, and to everybody else. Read right, read right. Not not right wing, by the way, not right or left wing, but read right. Read things that are good for you. Read things that are formative, that are entertaining, right? You can't make people be bored. They won't do it. So you got to find things that are interesting. I, you know, I, I always liked as a kid the Hardy Boys and um, uh, the, uh, the Rover Boys, all that series that ended up the Bobsy Twins, Nancy Drew, all those series of uh, Encyclopedia Brown. All, I loved all that uh, mystery stuff, the solving mysteries and all. And there's thousands of those books. Well, finding whatever it is, getting kids in the right direction and getting them reading – it's the same for us. And what, what brought me to this was, uh, recently, was uh, there is a movement to publish some of the classics of philosophy, of theology, of history in summaries. So instead of having to read the whole book, you know, it's like cliff notes, but for like history books and things. And the argument actually is among people that even if you're not, you'd prefer to have somebody read the whole thing. Getting them reading directionally in the right things is important. I think I kind of believe that. Don't tell anybody. Because I, I, I yelled at my daughter the other day. She was reading a Cliff Notes version of uh, Crime and Punishment and I, for school. And I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm just, I, I want to get some, uh, somebody talking about the themes. I said, first of all, I'm not sure you're telling me the whole truth. But second of all, there's other ways to figure out the themes. I mean, there's essays and anal- analysis. But <clears throat> on some level, I mean, don't we all, haven't we all done that? I don't know if you did when you were in school. But... I'll tell you this, she's reading Crime and Punishment, and she's reading Jane Austen, and she's reading the right book because we've made sure she's in the right place to read the right things. So back to it. Read, write a lot. Read, write, meaning read the correct things and do it a lot. And try to make it a habit, your own habit, everybody else's habit, which close, I'll close with this. The American Conservative Magazine. I don't agree with everything they say. Scott McConnell, who we had on just a few minutes ago, but it's well-written. It's thoughtful. The people are serious and they are conservative. Sometimes there are different conservative tenants than I like, but frankly, they're in the right direction almost all the time. Very rarely do I say, oh, that guy's totally off base. And, and Julie Kelly at American Greatness, amgreatness.com, you just can't go wrong. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. Doesn't mean I even agree with the take on things sometimes. But it's, direct, it's good stuff and it's good writing. Read, write a lot. All right, it's Ed Martin. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's the Pro-America Report. Talk to you. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.